This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, what's up? Kevin Jones, founder of Blue Wire. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Do me a favor. Send it to one of your friends. We're growing this network grassroots style. It takes everyone. You're a part of our team if you send this to one of your friends. All right, enjoy this podcast and appreciate your support. What up, what up? This is Keeping It 300, a Raiders and Packers podcast. I'm Fallon Smith. We got my guy, James Jones, on the other end. What's crackalacker? How's it going, JJ? You know, I'm chilling, living a dream, man, trying to be like you every day. That's it. Please tell the people what you're doing right now. Cup of noodle soup. You're eating cup of noodle oh, soup. Oh, man. And you're drinking Pedialyte. Well, first off, let's start it off like this. <laughs> you can take a brother out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the brother. You know what I'm saying? So right now, I'm drinking some Pedialyte because I need a little electrolytes in me. You know, it's a little bit better than Gatorade and all that. No shade to Gatorade power and all that. But, you know, Pedialyte a little bit better. And then I got me an old school classic cup of noodles who where we all survived on in college and even before college so you know i still got i got about 15 of them in the in the pantry right now I'll probably eat another one after the podcast no, but yeah, there's you know, too the much hood, sodium the hood stays in, oh my there's goodness so much sodium in cup of yeah noodles. it was a lot of sodium when we was growing up too and we are all right right now so we'll be okay <laughs> thank goodness you work out because then it would be a real real problem but you had an appearance in Milwaukee yes. over the last couple of days, right? So you're still big time over there. They still love you. The fans over there in Milwaukee or in Wisconsin? Yeah, just a little bit, you know. So I went out there for uh, the Boys and Girls Club. Me and Nick Collins uh, threw a football camp for the kids and stuff down there. So we ran them around a little bit, signed some autographs and all that good stuff, took some pictures, and then, you know, got on back to, to Arizona. But it was good to be back out there, you know, just to see the fans and all that. And I'm sure I'll be back out there for training camp as well. So oh. we had fun, though. It was good. Training camp with the NFL Network? Yes. Are they ever going to have you out with the Raiders? Uh, Maybe. We'll see. I told them I got to make an appearance on Hard Knocks. So hurry up and get me on the phone <laughs> and get my schedule right. <laughs> I'm going to actually be in the Bay uh, late July. So I was thinking, oh, I should make a trip to Napa because obviously – I can get a credential, so, you know, maybe we could do the, our pod out there. Ooh, maybe we could collaborate and figure something out. Everybody everybody ain't big time like you. Just go and grab oh your credential gosh. and, you know, jump on the field. But, you know, Bye, maybe Felicia. one day. You could do whatever you want to do, actually. <laughs> you don't even need a credential. So, anyways, um, you would think it's a slow time in the NFL, which technically I guess it is. But we have a lot to talk about today. Um, Amari Cooper throwing shade at the Raiders in multiple interviews. That's going to be interesting. The Raiders announcing that they're going to have joint practices with the Rams during training camp. We have A.B. grinding on vacation. No surprise there. Always. Um, For the Packers, you know, you hyped up Devontae Adams last week. Well, Devontae, he's hyping up one of the rookies, and we're going to discuss that coming up a little bit later in the show. And a scout made a bold statement 
about your boy Aaron Rodgers. Ain't no, it's not bold. <laughs> Stay tuned for that, folks, okay? Plus, I know it's not Raiders or Packers related, technically AFC West related, but a local radio host in Kansas City makes some awfully disgusting and unacceptable comments about Andy Reid. So we're going to discuss that as well. And finally, story time. Story time was a big hit last week, JJ. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm thinking. I got, go ahead. I got a good one. I got a good one this week, too. I got oh, a good do? one this okay, week. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, maybe we should make that our signature segment every week. There we go. Shout out to the people on Twitter, though, because they gave us really good feedback. They loved it. Uh, so later on, JJ will share a couple stories from his time with the Packers and the Raiders. And I believe this this week, what, you're going to discuss some pranks. Yeah. I got you. I got stories and pranks for days. Okay. You don't want to get, you, <laughs> you know, know give them all ah, away too early. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. So let's start with the comments made by a local radio host in Kansas City, Kevin Kitesman. I think that's how you say his name, Kitesman. Um, he hosts a radio show called Between the Lines, okay? Um, he was discussing Tyree Kill's, you know, recent legal troubles. And, you know, obviously everybody knows uh, what happened with Kareem Hunt last year and how it led the Chiefs to kick him off the team. And then, J.J., 2012, the tragic death of Andy Reid's son. It was highly publicized. I'm sure most of you know about that. Um, His son, Garrett, died from a heroin overdose when Andy was with the Eagles. I couldn't even imagine what Andy was going through at the time. It's just awful. Well, this is what Kevin, the host, had to say about Andy Reid's inability to fix people. Andy Reid does not have a great record of fixing players. He doesn't. Discipline is not his thing. It did not work out particularly well in his family life. That needs to be added to this. As we're talking about the Chiefs, he wasn't real great at that either. He's had a lot of things go bad on him. Family and players. He is not good at fixing people. He is not good at discipline. That is not his strength. His strength is designing football plays. So, J.J., He's been suspended indefinitely because of those comments. He's issued an apology, but check this out. He still tries to deny and defend himself and say he never mentioned anything about Andy Reid's son's death. Yeah. Okay, so what family issues were you referring to then? Yeah. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to put two and two together. And James, this isn't a young radio host. This is a guy who's been in the business for a while. He should know better. He should know better. Man, obviously that is my first time hearing it. And I just, I really just got goosebumps right now because to come at a guy like that and talk about his family and things like that, that is, that is total disrespect. Like that's like Andy Reid needs to call him and say, meet me at, (laughs) JoJo's Barbecue Shack, and you got to see me, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you don't know what goes on in my household. You don't know what I've been preaching, what I've been teaching. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And just because an incident like this happens, that doesn't let you know what I've been teaching my sons or anybody in my family. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you don't know the message that I'm, I'm sending to my players. You've never been in this locker room. You've never sat in a team meeting. You've never sat in a meeting room with me. You don't know the message that I'm sending to my players. So for him to come out, that's just, that's just total disrespect right there, man. And this man lost his son, and you're going to bring up something like that? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. And he tries to say he didn't specifically mention his son. Then again, what was he referring to then? 
The world knows exactly. if, if, if anybody listens to what this what you just played, everybody's going to know exactly what he's talking about, which is disrespectful. You don't bring in nobody's family, family life to this football stuff. You do not compare what happened to his son to how he disciplines his players. That's just ridiculous. And honestly, like I was kind of sick to my stomach. And trust me, Twitter went after him. OK, the Twitter universe went after him. There was a hashtag fire kitesman. Forget been- the Twitter universe. Somebody need to walk up on him <laughs> and sock him one good time in the what? chin, man. Just because you got a little microphone in front of you, think you can say and do whatever you want, man. Like that's that's disrespectful. You don't bring another man's mm-hmm. family into this. If you're gonna talk football, you know, and say, listen, he don't discipline his players like that. That's one thing. You talk football, yep. But don't go in and talking about nobody's family life, yeah. man. Well, again, the hashtag fire kitesman has been trending over the last few days. So we'll see, you know, exactly what the radio station decides to do in the coming weeks. For now, he's just suspended indefinitely. Um, So before we end this topic, your thoughts, should he be suspended? 100% fired. Should he be fired? That's what I meant. Fired. He should be fired. Go on. Get out of there. Bye. You know? Yeah. And and listen, uh, any other network should be like, no. We don't want you neither, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's just something about family, man. You don't do that. Yeah, if you want to talk football and you want to say I'm the worst coach in the world, you want to say I'll discipline my players, I'm the worst play caller, fire me as a head coach, that's that's totally different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But once you start talking about my personal life, my family and all that type of stuff, this is not what you're hired to do, sir. Yeah. You're hired to talk sports. So we keep my family's life and all that stuff out of it. And I don't have any children, so I don't know what it's like to be a parent, but you have Two boys. Yeah. And so imagine something like that happening to them, and then you becoming a coach, and, and this is said about you. I mean, yeah, that's that what I'm saying. It's just unfathomable. Yeah. I Meet me at JoJo's Barbecue Shack. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't worried about them suspending yeah. you with fire. You got to see me, man, because you don't know how I run my household. And then you're talking about my family mm-hmm. and my son who has passed away as well. Oh, my goodness. Come on, man. That, that, that's absolutely that's 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 disrespectful. And again, he should know better. He's been in this business for a while. And if he would have corrected himself right away, then on the air live. To be honest with you, I don't even think that makes it better. I mean, if you go on there and you say he doesn't know how to discipline his players, as you can see, he doesn't know how to even do it in his house. Oh, I don't mean it like that. I, no. Get out. You yeah. know what you mean. I'm we saying if he would have immediately apologized and said, oops, that came off wrong. That's not what I meant. Then I feel like I would give him maybe a pass because I believe in second chances. But I'm sorry. He knew what he was saying yeah. in the heat of the moment. They love their hot takes. Radio people love hot takes. Yep. So he And this one got you. And this one got you fired. Exactly. Because nobody liked that hot take. OK, nobody mm-hmm. liked that hot take. Um, and, and nobody should like that hot take. Oh. And the fact that he's trying to deny that that's what he meant is just freaking ridiculous. Anyways, uh, let's talk the silver and black now. Uh, the first thing, as expected, the Raiders will host the L.A. Rams for two joint practice sessions during training camp. They'll practice together on August 7th and August 8th ahead of their preseason opener at the Coliseum against each other on the 10th. So what do you think about joint practices? I'm sure the Packers have done it in the past while you were there during your eight years? Never. Oh, they never did it? Never. Never. We don't do that. We stay right there in the pier and we get our work. We get our work done. We don't we don't bring in everybody, anybody else to see our plays and all that type stuff. You know, but what I will say about this, Hmm. these joint practices can be a blessing and a curse. 2014 Cowboys Raiders. In I L.A., know. remember? Is that so, what you're going to bring up? Yeah, and no, okay. and this is just what I want to say. Okay. 
if you have two very good coaches, mm-hmm. like I remember when the Cincinnati Bengals and the New England Patriots joint practice, the coaches got together with the players and the team and they said, we are like one big team right now. Okay. Nobody on the ground. Nobody get hurt. Let's practice like professionals. If you fight, you're out of here. Your practice is over. We ain't out here fighting. We're not boxers. We out here to get our work done. Zero fights, clean practices. You're going against different opponents, seeing different looks, seeing different defense. Very good for your football team. Yep. Now, when you got coaches that saying, listen, we going to go out there and dominate. We ain't worried about nothing that go out there, hit them in the mouth and all that. Then that's when you start getting brawls. Yeah. It's not the practices are not right. All yeah. people want to do you lining up. People can't see me on the screen right now because it's a podcast. <laughs> but you lining you lining up with your fist balled up, ready to fight every play. And if that happens, then you might as well just stay in Napa practice by yourself because you're not going to get nothing out of it because you're going to keep on wasting plays with these brawls and these fights. But if it's done the right way, and I think McVay and Coach Gruden knows, look, let's practice the right way. Let's get it done. Nobody on the ground. Nobody get hurt. Let's practice clean, and I think it'll work out for them. You were there, right? 2014? Yeah, when we was out there brawling. I'm like, man, I'm too old for this. (laughs) (laughs) But but did that start from, you know, DA? Was DA like, I don't care, go out there and hit and that's my point. So just Fallon, you know what I mean? I don't know why you ain't hired yet because that's a good counter question. So, <laughs> so in our team meeting, Dennis Allen is telling us, we ain't nobody punk. You go out there, you dominate them. I don't care who we practicing against. You go out there, you hit them in the mouth. You let them know what type of football team we're going to be. So we amped up. Oh, God. We amped up. Let's go. Let's go. So we get out on the practice field. Boom. We going hard. Bow. Next thing you know, we know the Cowboys going hard. Boom. So after the brawl, <laughs> you know, I mean, fans getting hit and players hitting each other. After the brawl, <laughs> you know, me and Orlando Sandrick is real cool. We real good friends. A lot of battles together. I'm like, bro, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> you know, I'm like, bro, I'm like, scan y'all out here. Just like we brawling, bro, at practice. And he said, bro. Our coach, Cole, came up to us, bro, and told us, bro, we got to bring the fire, the energy. We oh, ain't. Lord. So just think of two teams hitting the practice field like that. I'm like, no wonder we out here brawling. I'm like, our coach gave us the same message. Like, man, let's go out here and let them know what's up. That's terrible. You know, so you got two teams coming out there with all this energy trying to punk the other person. Next thing you know, we all out there broad. Practices ain't no good. It was just all bad. Jason Garrett was the coach at the time, right? Yes. So now everybody knows don't do joint practices with <laughs> the Cowboys or Coach Garrett because, you know, they're going to try to bring the wood and fight. Um, but maybe he learned from that in 2014. So maybe Absolutely. That's, maybe that's not going to happen. And I think it has something to do with the coach, too. Yeah. I think if the Cowboys is, you know, finna join practice against the Patriots and Belichick is like, hey, you know, let's keep everybody on their feet. There ain't no hero ball out here. Yeah. We're just trying to hey, let our guys look at new faces, you know, and, and get some work in. You know, Jason Garrett will probably be like, all right, you're right. 
pass the message to his team. Hey, tone it down. Let's just, you know, get our stuff together, get it done, and let's have to get some good, clean practices. It's funny because I didn't really think we would spend this much time on this topic, but you gave great insight into what happened in 2014. Um, at the same time, too, it clearly was a reflection of the head coach at the time, as we have already mentioned. And do you think Dennis Allen did that? Because we've talked before, and it's one of those things where a lot of players, everyone knows this, a lot of players did not respect Dennis Allen. You think he was trying to gain the respect of the players by saying, you know, oh, let's go out there, show them what we're about, et cetera? No, I, I, I think I think the respect factor was was out the window by then because everybody kind of seen how he was. You know, the players that had been there before, been there with him a couple years or whatever, they they already knew how he was. So the respect factor, what, even when I got there with a lot of the players, was already out the window <laughs> because they seen certain incidents that he did and they can't trust him, ain't mess. So that was out the window. Mm. But I think his message and why he passed that message because he was on the hot seat. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So every every time we took the practice field, he wanted it to look very good because he was on the hot seat. So now we're practicing against another team and you got everybody out there watching. You know what I mean? You got Mark. You got everybody watching. You want this to look good. Like we are ready to compete. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's why him passing that message to us, he was on the hot seat. So he wanted us to sell out and really make the Cowboys look bad. And he didn't know Jason Garrett gave the same message. (laughs) He wanted y'all to put on a show, but it turned out very bad for both teams. And now we all out there broad. And now we, now we own the same practice field, but practicing together. That's funny. So coach McCarthy was smart then tonight have any joint practices yes and that was and and it's crazy too because that was my first time ever joint practicing Mm. so when i when we started brawling i'm like no wonder coach mike (laughs) did not ever have any joint practices but then i see some other teams and they doing it the right way and Mm. it's like okay they are getting are getting some work in but we fight each other in training camp yeah so you better believe if it's a different color across from us at practice, <laughs> you won't fight too. that person. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's better off just keep it in house, fight each other, you know, and when the preseason. Because, I mean, nowadays you only get, what, one week and then you, you're about to play a game anyway. So, you know what I mean? It's not like you need to see another color that fast. But some coaches, like, I mean – a lot of them, they grew up under people who are head coaches who've always done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the way that they want to do it. You got some coaches like Coach McCarthy who grew up under people who didn't do that, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? So, you know, every coach is different. But like I said, if you go out there and you do it the right way and you practice like you practice it as one big team, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, even though it's two teams on the field, then it's very beneficial because you get to see, you know, different looks. But if you go out there and you brawl, and then what are we doing out here? I'm going to wrap it up with this. There's four preseason games, and I just think that's way too much. And clearly, we only see the ones really take the majority of snaps in the third preseason game. Yeah. I believe there should be only two preseason games. And I think, okay, then make it mandatory. I mean, I know you're probably going to be against this, but two preseason games and make it mandatory to get some work in with another team during training camp, have joint practices. And the only reason why I'm saying that, I know you, are you shaking your head right now? Can I just see you shake your head? Yes. Okay. What I'm saying is because obviously during during the preseason, you're super vanilla, you know, when it comes to play calling and schemes, et cetera, you're not showing much. And maybe in a joint closed practice, you could show a little more and work on a little, a few more things than you would opposed to a preseason game. It depends too, because you're not going to show stuff if you might play that team during the season. Then don't, you know what then I'm don't have joint practices against a I team know, that, but, that you're going to face in the regular season. <clears throat> 
but some coaches still like that. But what I would say, I would say three preseason games. Okay, three is fine. Three, I would say three because, and the only reason why I say that is because a lot of these young guys that come in undrafted, that is their time to yeah. shine. No, that's true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, four is too much, but the very first game, it's all for the young guys. The yeah. vets ain't going to play none. Maybe one series, three plays. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that second game, we're going to treat that as week three. Yeah. Get most of our time, probably play the whole first half or whatever. Or, you know, if you got a couple touchdown drives, coach, take you out. You get ready for the season. And that third game is all the young guys again to be able to show themselves to be able to make a team. So I think I just think two is not enough, because if you do two and say you're a young guy and it's your first ever NFL game and Mm -hmm. you stink, it, you stink (laughs) it up. And then you come into the second game, and now the veterans are playing the whole first half. Uh, you could be you could be on the third team, and then that second string team is going in in the second half. So now you might not even play the second game. Ninety percent, you cut. Yeah, so at least right. if something like that happens, game two, and then now you got game three to kind of redeem yourself and let the world know. That's what smart. You do. Yeah, you know better than me. I mean, you played, okay? So I'm going to give you that. The three three preseason <laughs> games, I'm giving you that. I like it. Right. Okay, so moving on. Um, the only reason I'm bringing up this next issue is because Raider Nation isn't too thrilled about a certain someone, and that certain someone is former Raiders wide receiver and current Cowboys receiver Amari Cooper, okay? All I've seen on my timeline the last few days is fans ripping Amari Cooper or fans mad about Coop's comments. Funny thing is, James, as you know, Coop didn't like to talk a lot when he was in (laughs) Oakland. But all of a sudden, he's having this quote-unquote media tour this offseason. He's on First Take, The Dan Patrick Show, a USA Today Sports podcast, and he spoke at this youth football camp. Okay, I'm going to play a few of his comments. And the first one is a real short one. And this was from the Dan Patrick show. So take a listen to this. What do you miss about the Raiders? Uh, What do I miss about the Raiders? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I miss my teammates. Oh, okay. 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 So he knew exactly what he was doing. Or he wouldn't have laughed after the big pause. But at least he did say, Jay, that he misses his teammates. Yes. And that's, to be honest with you, as a player, mm-hmm. that's all that matters. That that little comment right there, I'm not mad at at all. Because okay. people got to understand, he was traded. Yeah. When Coach Gruden came out and said, this is our guy. We are running the offense through, through him. him. Futuring him. Uh, and so you can tell that it's a little hurt there. It's a little pain there. Yeah, yeah. So I really don't miss nobody else there but my teammates. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, hey, I'm not mad at him for that right there. I can't be mad at him either. But it was a shot, though, at the silver and black. It was a little shade. But how about this? Okay, the next one is from First Take. What are the expectations this season? Yeah, I mean, it, it feels great to be a Dallas Cowboy, one of the most storied franchises in the history of sports. It feels like I'm in the NFL uh, playing in the Dallas Cowboy uniform. And as of now, the expectations are the same for every team. You know, the expectation is to win the Super Bowl, to be the last team standing, the last team to win a game. Uh, those are the expectations. You said it feels like you were in an NFL uniform when you put on the Dallas Cowboys. 
you the fault. Uh, does that mean you didn't feel that way? Like that when you were in the Oakland Raiders uniform? No, I won't necessarily say that I didn't feel that way in an in a, in a Oakland uniform. I would just say in a Dallas Cowboy uniform, I would say um, when I had dreams of playing in the NFL when I was younger and the spotlight, the primetime games and all those types of things, it feels like that dream has finally come to fruition as a Dallas Cowboy. And that, I'll just leave it at that. So, this is just crazy to me because, one, he is speaking longer than four seconds because that's, that's all I would get. That's all that any of the Oakland media would get from Cooper, okay? But it feels like I'm in the NFL. Yeah. Now, look, I'm not even mad at him for saying this because Cooper went to Alabama, James. Yeah. They had state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line facilities over there, and they won a lot. Yes. He probably showed up to Oakland and was like, yo, what is this? And as you mentioned last week, James, yeah. going from Green Bay Absolutely. to Oakland, you had to get used to it. It was grimy. Absolutely. You know, high school JUCO kind of yeah. facility. So you can't be mad at these comments, right? Oh, I'm mad. <laughs> why are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and number one reason why I'm mad is because when I put on that silver and black uniform, I said, this is it right here. And even coming from Green Bay, like Green Bay is the best to pl- place to play football. But when I put on that black and silver, I'm like, Silver and black, silver and black, in that order. Silver and black, in that order. Silver and black, black and silver is all the same. <laughs> when I put on that silver and black and I looked at myself in the mirror, I said, ooh, we, it is on and cracking. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just felt like, man, this is a uni. But that's because you're from the Bay, though. I know, but still, though, for him to say, you know, put on the Cowboys, no. Hey, ain't nothing like that. I'll say silver and black on the show today. But okay. ain't nothing like that silver and black putting on that uniform right there, man. But, no, I'm not mad at him. Listen, I, I kind of, when I'm listening to it, he's not, like, really saying, like, okay, you know, this uniform's better or, you know, that's better. He's basically just saying, really, the limelight. Mm-hmm. Like, when I put on that Cowboys uniform, the limelight is on me. And part of that limelight has to do with the stadium, though. No doubt. And the owner. And, and the owner, not Jerry only that, Jones. if you listen to them, it's they're on primetime mm-hmm. 24-7 because of who they are, the Dallas Cowboys. Whether they're winning or losing, people yeah. want to see the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. So they're always having primetime games. You know what I'm saying? So uh, he's probably enjoying that because, like you said, that's how he had it in Alabama. They yeah. always are on primetime games because everybody wanted to see Alabama yeah. play. And he's probably getting that same feel. When he came to Oakland, we came off of the, the almost the worst <laughs> record in the NFL. So you're not going to get all these primetime yeah. games. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's not going to feel like that once you went to the Cowboys and it's like, dang, Sunday night, Monday night, yeah. you know, Thursday night, you know, all the time it's spotlight. So, but, you know, putting on that silver and black, I'll put on that silver and black over that, what is that, blue and silver or whatever yeah. they call their colors over there any day. But now I will say this, he's not going to come out and say, oh, the Raiders facilities are trash. It was embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. He's not going to say that, but I feel like part of that also has to do with the facilities because, as you know, the Cowboys facilities, state-of-the-art. Just just the practice facilities in general. Then you go to the Raiders practice facilities, and you're like, what the heck? Just like you said last week on our podcast. Yeah, and, I mean, that that could be part of it, but I I truly think it's just because of – 
the limelight. Absolutely. Okay. Like he probably can't go nowhere in Dallas without them saying, oh, my God, cool. You know what I'm saying? I mean, walking in California, they like, boy, we see stars all the time. Keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> Keep, Keep it moving. moving. You know what I'm saying? We got to go. People behind you. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean. He's in the limelight, kind of like he was in Alabama, always in primetime football games. You know what I mean? All the eyes is on the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, you can feel like, dang, man, like I'm really, you know, part of a part of a great organization. You know what I mean? Two storied franchises, though, I will say that. So can't complain, in my opinion. But I will not hate on Cooper for saying those comments. So next up, this is a longer soundbite. He was on a USA Today podcast and he discussed... Oh, he got more. Oh, one more. Last thing. (laughs) Last thing. This this is what I'm saying. He had like a little media tour the last few days. It's insane. And I'm only showing you some of the stuff that he yeah. said, okay? Um, I guess the, the things that stood out to me. So he was on a USA Today sports podcast, and he discussed the difference in his game and production from Oakland to Dallas. Because, as you know, he was basically non-existent in the Raiders' offense yeah. and then balled out when he was traded to Dallas. And he helped, of course, lead the Cowboys to the playoffs. So take a listen to this. From an outside perspective, it seemed like night and day. What do you think was not working in Oakland that ended up working in Dallas? I don't know. I just think when I got to Dallas, I had more opportunity. And I think, um, you know, by them trading for me and uh, giving up so much for me, uh, they kind of wanted to see if I was worth it, you know? So they, they did throw me the ball and and let me go out there and, and do what I needed to do. Um, so I, I would attribute it to just getting more opportunities. Um, the play calling was definitely different. It was more simple, and it was just like pitch and catch. Um, and what I was used to, uh, I ran a lot more of the routes that I liked to run and the routes that I was good at and stuff like that. So. Do you think a part of people or part of you felt like people forgot how good you could be and how good you were? Yeah, definitely. I think... Um, you know, a lot of games in Oakland, it was just it was just time being wasted, uh, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, I felt like, you know, I would play in some games that were four quarters, just like every other game. But it didn't feel like I was doing anything. It felt like I was out there. Uh, and that's not that's not a very good feeling because every team that I've been on, I, I felt like I've been a big part of the success of the team. And I didn't really feel like that uh, for, for a lot of games in Oakland. I just felt like I was just wandering aimlessly out there. And so when I got to the Cowboys, I got back to that feel of being able to, you know, dominate games and really help my team win and be a big part of it. It felt like he was wandering aimlessly on the football field. I mean, that's a strong statement there. He felt, you know, he was there. But he wasn't really playing with a purpose because he felt like he wasn't given a purpose or a role within the offense under Gruden. So whose fault is that, JJ? Well, I'm I'm gonna say that's the coach's fault. Um, and the reason why I say that is because, and I think I told this story on our podcast before, and I'm with Coop on this 120 percent, 300 percent. Three hundred percent. And the reason why I say that is because coach, I'm going to tell this story. Coach McCarthy brought me in his office. Yep. And he said, JJ, I want to apologize to you. And I'm like, coach, what you apologizing to me for? What's going on? He said, because, yeah, he said, because we've watched over 10 games of film on you. Mm -hmm. 
And when you get the football early, early, you are a totally different player. Yep. But if you go through the game and you don't get the touch until the third, fourth quarter, and he straight up said, you suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've told me that. You told me and, that. And my college coach, that's all we used to talk about. That's all I used to tell him. And it was hard for me to get myself out of that because you come from college where you're getting the ball all the time. You know what I'm saying? Then you enter a game in the NFL where you see 10 targets and the next game you see one. So I'm trying to like get with my college coach like, dude, how do I get myself out of this to even if I do see one target in the fourth quarter, how do I make that target be special? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's hard because as as a football player, you got to get into the rhythm of the game. Yeah. Like going into every game. You still kind of embrace. You've been playing football for years, mm-hmm. but you still kind of like, please, okay, let me get that first hit out the way so I go. Okay, <laughs> now it's a football game, but you still. So if you don't get that first hit until the fourth quarter, yeah. you have no feel of the game. So I blame it on the coaches mm-hmm. because Coach McCarthy blamed it on himself. So I'm gonna blame it on <laughs> Coach Gruden, and and I'm gonna say they did not get him started early. Yeah, and he and he made a very good point. He said when he got to Dallas, they traded so much for me, they wanted to see what they were getting. So they made sure they got him targets and a lot of targets. They made sure is Coop is the first read. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So let him work, let him win, get him the ball. You know what I'm saying? Because, man, listen, Coop was a baller, is a baller. His first two seasons in the league, I mean, they were Pro Bowl seasons, but the last two you know, he struggled. He struggled under the final year of Del Rio's tenure and then the first year under John Gruden. I know there were some injuries on the down low that he was suffering from, but he hasn't helped his own cause, you know, with the drops. But clearly it's working in Dallas. No doubt. But what I'm saying is, is we all know he's a Pro Bowl receiver. Yeah, okay. We all know his talent is up there with the best of them Mm -hmm. in the National Football League. When we talk about receivers, we talk about route running. We talk about explosive plays. You know, we're talking about getting off the press. Line of, Coop has all that. He's yeah. up there with the best of them. You know what I'm saying? So when you have a player explosive like that and you don't give him his opportunities and don't get him started, to me, that's on the coach. Yeah. Because he's right. I've been out there in games like that where I get to third quarter and I haven't seen a ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm out there daydreaming. I'm counting the people in the stands. You know what I mean? I'm talking, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. on the side. I'm on the sideline. I ain't talking about no football. I'm talking about what we eating after the game and all times. I, I I'm not even. I'm not even in it because yeah. you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, you know, it ain't my day. And when you go through the motions like that, it's tough to get in. But when you come fresh out the bed to the stadium yeah. and Dak Prescott throwing you that ball, yeah, you know, you you ready to go. So I feel him on on that aspect of it. And at the end of the day, we'll wrap this up, but I feel like don't hate that man for loving Dallas and hyping up his current team. He clearly enjoys playing in Dallas, and he didn't really enjoy playing in Oakland. You know, Oakland is not for everyone. And let's be real, over the last, you know, two decades, it's been hella dysfunctional in Oakland. So, And not, and not only that, but, it's money time. Oh, I'm not that's true. It's money time. Bad. So we got to hype up yeah. the Cowboys. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I'm pumping the Cowboys. He yeah, probably got an appearance sure. in Dallas tomorrow signing autographs. He want all the fans to show up. Like, it's money time. I'm with you, yeah. Coop. 
Yeah. Hey. Let Coop have his opinions and make 100%. his statements. He has every right to do so. Uh, y'all have AB now, so let Coop say whatever he wants to say uh, to the media. It shouldn't bother you one bit. And speaking of AB, real quick, we got to run through this because we're kind of like already spent too much time talking about the Raiders. But uh, last thing, Raiders related until your story time. Antonio Brown is on vacation in Hawaii. Yeah. And last night he posted a video of him on a jug machine showing off in front of some kids. Okay. Yeah. I mean, one-handed catches, etc. And he's posted videos of him, you know, lifting weights, working out every single day. Yeah. Is there such a thing of doing too much, training too much, putting all that stress on your body right before training camp? Because as you know, it's proven your body does need to rest. It needs time to recover. And it seems like he literally takes no days off. You know, personal trainers and trainers at these gyms would probably say that. You need to rest. You need to recover. (laughs) Yeah. But listen, and it's been my motto my whole life. There is no such thing as outworking okay. or train overtraining. There, there is no, there is no such thing. Listen, I truly believe the more you train, the more durable you are. Yeah. And a lot of guys that I know that when the season's over, take one to two weeks off max and then right back in it are the guys that are really doable, durable. Their body lasts for the whole season because they're nonstop working out. Their body is nonstop strong. Even Mm -hmm. when I look at LeBron, when you look at LeBron, when his season is over from the finals, it's like a week later, he posts himself in the gym. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's not a coincidence that this, his biggest injury in his career was a a strain, uh, growing. Yeah. He's, he's durable. He's always there. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a grinder. And I, I truly believe the harder you work, the less days you take off, the more durable you are. Your body is just used to it and your body is going to natural recover on its own. So I'm with AB 100%. He a grinder. Everybody need to get like him grind (laughs) because I feel like, listen, you're more durable. Less injuries come when you keep when you keep grinding. I think part of that durability has to do with him eating clean too. He eats clean. He doesn't eat all those sugary snacks like you do, James, and all that candy like you do, James. Well, I, d- I disagree with that because I ate candy and Snicker bars and all that my whole career, and I think I missed a handful of games, maybe five games. But you didn't get to year ten. You didn't get to year ten like you wanted to. It wasn't because I was hurt. I know that, that's true. That's true. You Maybe you lost saying? a step or two. You just yeah. Lost a it step wasn't or because two. I was hurt. They say I was slow, but they had nothing to do with, <laughs> with, with eating right and all that type stuff. You know, I what just what I'm like Ocho Cinco. He would have McDonald's like every single yep. day. I was always I was always available. Okay. And it, it didn't happen because what I was eating. It okay. happened because how I was grinding. You know what I'm saying? All right. We'll beg to differ there because I feel like your diet is a big part of your training. But anyways, uh, last week, we're going to move on to the Packers. I see right. people eat bana- I see people eat bananas and, and drink uh, water, gallons of water every day and go out there, hamstring, pop. Look at, look at, hey, look at Tom Brady, TB12, I'm, homie. I'm just saying, yeah, and he ain't doing no sprints on the football field. <laughs> <laughs> he's standing around. Hey, he's still know? durable. I don't know. His last injury was when he broke his leg, right? Like back in the day, yeah. was that 20, yeah. 2008? He's doing nine? no running. He's doing, Brett Favre could come out there right now and throw that ball. Okay, he ain't doing no running. All right, moving I'm on sure. to the Packers. Moving on to the Packers. Moving on to the Packers. Uh, we already spent like dang near 40 minutes on the Raiders. So, well, actually, before we get to that, let's take a quick break. Stay where you are. 
As many of us know, guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, a back problem, or something even worse, guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it rather than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show that 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, there's Roman, and Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. And you can handle everything online in a convenient and discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door. And get this, with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor, come on. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. And with Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. You can't beat that. Again, that's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. You won't regret it. Alright guys, so from ED to shaving, Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set which includes a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 and shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades. And at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. So... Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. So why don't you join the 10 million who have already tried Harry's? Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Now all of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. So if you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. So it's a win-win situation. You can't lose in this. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for just $3. All right, we are back, and we are back with some Packers news. So last week you hyped up your boy, Devontae Adams, and you said, don't be surprised if Devontae is in the MVP conversation this upcoming season. Well... Tay is hyping up one of Green Bay's rookies. Yeah. And that rookie is safety Darnell Savage, who was their 21st overall pick. Yeah. Now, earlier this week, uh, the Packers posted a photo of Savage on their Instagram account, and the caption was, born ready, hashtag Monday motivation. And Devontae commented on the post and wrote, this boy gonna be special 100. Yeah. He should have said 300. Yeah. <laughs> He's only keeping it 100. But anyways, no, I'm just kidding. Um, and this isn't the first time that Tay has actually praised Savage because earlier this month he told PackersNews.com, quote, He's going to be that guy. I can tell. We definitely got a steal. 
I know we got him early, but I still think that he could have gone even earlier just based on what he's doing out there. So clearly, James, you know, Tay knows what he's talking about because he went yeah. up against him during OTAs in minicamp because yeah. Savage ran with the once. So what have you heard about this Darnell Savage dude? It's crazy because, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, I just came from Milwaukee and Green Bay from throwing football camps, and I was with Nick Collins. Okay. Everybody knows who Nick Collins is, Packers Hall of Fame safety. If his career didn't get cut short, he probably would be in the Hall of Fame. Easy, no doubt about it. But he said that he was down in Green Bay, watched a lot of practice film on Savage, and he even went back and watched some college film, and he said – the boy is the truth. This is just how he said. He said, JJ, the boy is raw. Mm, okay. And he just said, even if you go back to college and you look at the defense, he said Maryland's defense when he was back there with him leading that defense was a, that defense was was a was a beast. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, hopefully everything Tay is saying is true, but Nick Collins told me he watched a lot of film on him and, and, and Buddy is raw. So, I'm excited to see what he brings. Yeah. I don't know what, what he raw at. I don't know if he lay in the wood. <laughs> I don't know if he, I don't know if he did up tight ends, man. Man, I don't know if he back there breaking stuff up, picking off Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what it is, but from Nick, for Nick to watch him and to be a safety like he was and say he raw. And then for a receiver to say, man, this boy going to be good. Then the Packers got him a good one. Yeah. So far players and coaches are impressed by Savage, but you know, it doesn't matter unless it translates on the football field on Sunday. So we're going to see just how good this rookie is going to be this fall. And you'll see because you're going to be in Green Bay during training camp. So you got to report back to us. I got you. Okay. So the world already knows James thinks that, Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT. <laughs> and a scout told NFL writer Mike Freeman that Rodgers is going to, quote, F some ish up this year. And that was the PG-13 version. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. he's going to have a great year. He, the scout thinks yeah. he's going to have a great year. And then he went on to say scouts believe that Green Bay is one of those great mystery teams. Everything is unknown except for one person. Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah. your thoughts on the comments, and how do you think the Packers stack up with the rest of the league on paper, um, given you know some of their offseason moves? Well, on paper, I mean, shoot, you're talking about a team that could possibly go compete for a Super Bowl, and I'm strictly going off of the names we signed on the defense and drafted on the defense. Uh, got a lot of good players you bought in their free agency on the defense, a lot of good guys you drafted you know, to go on the defense. So, on paper, we're looking like we got us a top 10 defense. And we all know <laughs> what you say. Oh, God, go ahead. <laughs> we um, all know when Aaron Rodgers, South <laughs> Bay, has a top 10 defense, he playing on that final Sunday, whatever that <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday is, for a championship. So, with that being said, we are, we are ready to go. And listen, if 12 is the one to worry about, this going to be a real good year. <laughs> it's going to be this going to be a real good year. But no, on paper, I mean the defense is solid. A lot of weapons on the offense. I love Aaron Jones. I think they'll lean on him a little bit more too. You know what I mean to get that running game going and that's when Aaron Rodgers is going to kill you. Coming off a year that wasn't too great for many reasons, um, and he was injured and still playing through some of those those injuries. Um, yeah. 
and him getting a big payday, yeah. do you think he has something to prove? He he always got something to prove. He always chasing greatness. He always got something to prove. Like he always tells you, he always can get better. No doubt about it. We look at him like, what you talking about? But, I mean, we all know. I mean, even as a receiver, I'm like, it's certain stuff that I need to work on. And, you know, he knows the certain stuff he needs to work on. But what I'm excited about this year for him is my years in Green Bay, mm-hmm. we never really game planned to attack someone. Okay. So, like, it didn't matter if Greg Jennings was the number one receiver, if James Jones was the number one receiver, Jordy Nelson was the number one receiver. When we went into a game, it wasn't like we have our number one receiver and that he's probably going to have the third corner on him because we got a lot of weapons on offense. We're going to attack that guy. We never went into a game like that. Okay. It was always just line up. We're better than you. We got more weapons. We got the MVP quarterback. Let's go out here. Let's play. They can't stop us. Did it work for us? Yeah. Yes. We had won a Super Bowl, 15 and one, eight straight years to the playoffs. It worked. But I'm excited now to see Aaron Rodgers getting get with an offense that is going to attack, attack certain people mm-hmm. and certain schemes in the defense. You know what I mean? And that's why I told you last po- last week's podcast that I feel Devontae is going to be in that conversation for MVP because I feel like this is going to be a huge year for him because he's the number one guy. And I feel like coach is going to say, we got to make sure we get Devontae 10, 15 plus targets a game and attack whoever is guarding him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I'm excited to see Aaron in that element of an offense because I feel like that's how that's how he's going to take his game to the next level. Raiders Packers Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, I've been saying it. I've been saying it. <laughs> okay, we're going to end with this. Story time. I need to get a little audio animation or a sound effect, okay, before we get into this moving forward. But um I can't top Last week's Mark Davis hairdresser story, so I'm not even going to (laughs) try. So let's leave it to James to give us something juicy from his time with the Raiders and Packers. So where are you starting, Raiders or Packers? Okay, no, I'm just going to give you one Packers story for today, and I'll say the Raiders for the next week. Just one, just one. We got to do one because we can't run out of them. So this one is Packers, and oh my goodness! So I basically teased the beginning of our show for no. That's reason. all right. That means they got to they got to tune in next week. Okay. You know what I mean? They get the Raiders story. But go ahead. So I'm gonna go Packers. So my guy Greg Jennings. <laughs> Obviously, you know the receivers. We acted up full when we was in Green Bay together. Me, Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver, Randall Cobb, everybody. We acted a fool. Okay. So. I did a prank on Greg um, on his birthday. It was his birthday. And I had people write. I had the trainers go get the markers that you could write on your truck, write on your car, whatever. And I had them write all type of nasty stuff on this truck. I mean, I mean, private parts, <laughs> Every everything on this truck. I bought crickets. Ew. I bought crickets. I put a bunch of crickets and all that in his car. You know, the, I went to the little uh, FedEx store. You know, the, I don't know what the little things is called that they wrap their little packages up with. The, not the bubble wrap, like the little white things they throw in there oh, when you the got styrofoam. like glass. the styrofoam. Yeah, so okay. I put all that in his car. Like if you cracked the window one time, it was coming out. <laughs> so styrofoam, That's, little balls, and crickets. Yes, 
and crickets all in his car, right? Oh. So <laughs> so he said for about two weeks straight, he was hearing crickets when he was driving home at night. So, on, how does he even get that stuff out? Oh, man, he had to take it to the car dealership. He had to take it to the people, have them wash it and vacuum and all that. And he said he still, after he did that, he still was hearing crickets in there. But that ain't even the best part because okay. it's probably a month okay. gone by. Okay. And he has not did nothing, said nothing. He didn't nothing. even say anything about you doing No, I mean, that? he said something like he was cracking up laughing. He a fool. That's how, okay. you know okay. what I mean? Okay. But he ain't like, you know, I'm going to get you back. Nothing. Okay. Right? So maybe about a month go by and he's smiling the whole time in the meeting room before we about to leave. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, what you so happy about, dog? Like, what you keep smiling for, man? And he like, nothing, bro. It's just a good day. And I'm like, bro, no, something going on. And when we were about to leave, maybe like five minutes before the meeting was about to about to leave, he just kept saying, watch my dust. Like, I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Because, you know, he said, look, when I get in the car, he said, watch my dust. You know? <laughs> and I don't know if anybody's seen Martin before and seen the episode where uh, Tommy is and uh, Pam is like doing this little model thing and he's outside him and Gina outside spying and the guy comes up to him and they try to sell him something the next thing you know Martin says watch my dust but his, and his car is on bricks and he can't go nowhere so Greg is just saying watch my dust and just, I'm like bro you crazy I'm like I'm out too I'm right behind you so we jetting out the, out the facilities I look outside my car is on bricks, right? <laughs> Did he take off your tires? Listen, he hired the people to take all the tires off my truck. They told they towed it to the front of the building. My car is sitting on bricks. But the best part about the story is the company that he hired okay. would not answer my calls. What? So... So I could not get them to come bring back my tires for like hours. Oh my gosh! What did you do? For like hours, I left. I left. I mean, I'm shoot. I just went home. I don't live too far from from the state stadium, so I left and went home. And I came back the next day, and my car was still on bricks, and he still did not give me the number to get my tires. The, the company had my tires, so it ain't like I could just call somebody to come put them on. The company had my tires. I said, "Bro, you are cold blooded for that." But I came outside and my car was literally on bricks. Who took you home? Huh? Who took you home? Or did you have to call Tamika? No, no, no. Tamika ain't coming to pick me up, man. I'm a big boy. I just rolled with one of the teammates that lived next to me. Oh, my gosh. So how long did it take to get your tires? Because you probably had some nice little rims on your car, too. No, no, not in Green Bay. It was a dealer car. It was It's too much snow and all that to have rims. Oh, okay, okay. But. But no, the next day after practice, he finally had the people come back and put my tires on. But man, he put my car on bricks out there, man. You guys are crazy. You guys spend money to prank each other. It's like, what's the point of doing all that? Hey, that's part of it, man. That's the stuff that you're going to remember whenever you get around the guys. That's all you're going to talk about. You're not really going to talk about the football games. You're going to talk about all the jokes, the pranks, all the locker room talk and all that when you get together. So so that's that's my story for the day, man. Greg just left my car on bricks yeah you deserved it <laughs> it reminded me of the time when we did our senior prank you remember our senior prank oh, okay. we'll get into that maybe another day but our senior prank was a little similar it was the best ever it was the, it was best, the best ever best. but then we got in trouble so no one really no saw matter. it 
Hey, that happens. We have pictures. We have proof that it actually yeah. took place. We have 100%. <laughs> yeah, we tore the up. We'll explain that later, but that was pretty funny. So anyways, okay, you just teased Raider Nation. That is not fair, but Packer Nation got... That's fine. Ooh, is Raider Nation going to get mad for me saying Packer Nation? What do y'all call your fans? They all good, man. Packer Nation cool, man. Hey. You guys call them anything? Because you know how, like... Uh, we the pack. We ain't really got no little nickname for the fans. Well, you know stuff. Seattle calls them the 12th yeah, man. 12th man. Now, we ain't got nothing all that, man. Oh, okay. we, we just the pack. You know, there's only one nation. Raider Nation. You know what Raider. I'm saying? I see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, we'll holler at a... A Raider story next week. So get your thinking cap on right now, James. I got you. I got plenty of Raider stories, too. No worries. Just got to wait till next week. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. As I say every week, if you haven't done so already, please rate us and write a review. We would really appreciate it. Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace.